You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your hosts, Lewin Markel, Taylor Stanfield, and I'm Travis Beasley. And it was supposed to be Travis's day today. My day today. Yeah. And I was doing the research and working on it yesterday. And then we had stuff come up. So I just yeah. left everything up on my computer because I was like, I'll come and finish it before we go to record. Mm-hmm. Uh, woke up. Went back in there, and I'm going to assume my computer decided to just update itself. Without asking. Without yeah, asking. very rude. Um, all of my PDFs and everything were still up, and there was a Word document up, but it was now blank. And there was no way to recover anything that I had before because it didn't save before it restarted my computer. I mean, yeah. you already pointed this out, so it's not unfair for me to say this. But but you could also put it as you didn't save anything. Right. And part of it is definitely my fault. I did not save anything. I but should have. You also didn't expect your computer to just give you the middle finger. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was... Uh... I'm sorry for laughing. I'm laughing because I, it hurts me also. Yeah. Because, it, 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 like, we've all been there. Yeah. I mean, it, it happens. I'm just glad that you already had something prepared because I sure didn't. <laughs> I, I have before done like research throughout the week. Woke up and my document didn't didn't save properly. I guess because like it saved mm -hmm. it like I had an earlier version. Yeah, weirdly that's happened to me once before too. Because you were using like an actual program. We were like this happened to Taylor and I with like Google Docs. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah, um, I was using Microsoft Word. Yeah, and I don't have the autosave. Every, you know, couple enabled, minutes yeah. enabled, and yeah. I need to do that after we get done, actually. Yeah. <laughs> because the solution isn't to disable automatic updates, because sometimes your computer just says, fuck you, and does it anyway. It, it really does, like... Yeah. Yeah. It, uh... See, I could do that, but then I would forget to update my computer, period, and like three years from now... It would be running like absolute shit, and you would be like, why is my computer so bad? Exactly. <laughs> But thankfully, Lewin has uh, saved the day on that one. So what do you have since I don't so, have anything? Um, what, you, what you do have is a fantastic research strategy that you talked about <laughs> um, a couple episodes ago, which is just finding a compilation of all of the uh, issues of Dragon Magazine that have ecology of articles because that's what i did this time i was like i i don't i have no idea what i want to do right now so i'm just gonna go scroll through all of the ecology articles and just pick something out hey you know what it's it, a viable strategy it works it it does work so uh today which i guess i've already spoiled what's usually the most exciting part of the episode is when we talk about ecology articles um but we're going to be talking about purple worms. Yeah. Purple worms. Yeah. A very, uh, very iconic D&D &D monster. Yeah. Uh, and very, um, I say this in the in the best way possible, very simple. Hmm. Uh, if, if you, you, well, you know what I mean, though. Like. Like there's not a lot of complexity to it. Um. Or there's like not a, a lot of or, nuance to them. Are they just simple minded? Oh, yeah, very. <laughs> like, that's not even a spoiler. They're stupid as fuck. Okay. Um, no, just like, uh, I guess simple is like, you know, there's there's some things that it's like, you know, you took an owl and a bear and you put them together and, you know. Okay, so simple in concept. Yeah, and there's like, you know, it's like liches. It's like an undead skeleton person, but it's not actually a skeleton person because it's all about the 
gemstone that their soul is in, blah, blah, blah. See, that but, does not seem simple. But no, but I'm saying, but purple worms are like, it's a big worm and it's purple. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay, I mean. so your your definition of a lich was uh, the opposite of yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. In in terms of iconic D and D monsters, right. okay. I was I was pulling some other ones, but yeah, it's a big worm and it's purple. I like it. Straight um, to the point. Okay, yes. it's a big purple worm. All right, that's it, guys. See you next week. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> uh, purple worms were first introduced in the Advanced Dungeons and Dragons Monster Manual, which was released in 1977. So, they've been here for a while. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good, They're iconic for a reason. A good yes. amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so they their appearance remains pretty consistent. They're big purple worms. Um, Noted. Yeah. So they uh, there's some details that change. Um, they were large segmented worms with large lamprey like mouths that were large and purple. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sensing a theme here. They're big and they're purple. And I love them. Hey, take a shot every time we say purple in this episode. No, you'll die. And then go to the hospital with alcohol poisoning. Yeah, do, do um, not do that. So adults were 8 to 9 feet in diameter and 40 to 50 feet in length and were more commonly encountered than young purple worms. Right. So, like, they're, they are very large. <laughs> An average clutch of purple worm eggs yielded about 10 to 20 hatchlings, which were 1 foot in diameter and 5 feet in length at birth. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I mean, <laughs> still pretty. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's for, still for, a pretty big. Uh, that's a big baby. That's a big baby. It's yeah. a big baby. They burrowed underground in a constant search for food, which they detected using their sixty-foot range of tremor sense. Granted, in Advanced Legends of Dragons, it was not yet referred to as tremor sense, but it's tremor sense. Yeah, right. it was pre-tremor sense. Pre-tremor sense. Yeah, it was but just. What was it called back then? Now I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, I don't think it even, I don't think it even had a name, like, in the stat block. Was it Blind Sense? No, it was not Blind no. Sense. Yeah, Blind Sense is another thing, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, Blind Sense is different. It mm. it literally, I believe, in the dis- their, like, the text portion of their description just said that they can sense vibrations up to 60 feet. Like, it didn't even have a name. I don't huh. believe. Damn. Um, and they returned to their layers to rest and spit up indigestible materials such as metal and crystals. Okay. Their in- their intelligence was even lower than animal intelligence. Oh no! At a non classification. Oh no! <laughs> oh, these poor things. Yeah, because in a, in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, it's not necessarily just like numbers. It's it's like you know intelligence. You have like super genius. No. Yeah, you have like <laughs> super genius, uh, average, whatever, uh, animal, and purple worms are at a non. Non. non, just just non, which they share with creatures such as the Portuguese man of war that's listed like a little above them because that's the alphabet. Yeah, <laughs> they're as intelligent as the Portuguese man of war, which is to say, not very much. That's that's a creature that doesn't even really have a brain, um, and their alignment was neutral because <laughs> again, and the, they're too stupid to yeah in a situation like the Tarask. <laughs> So we're starting off great with these things. Yeah. Uh, um, we're starting off with all the things that make them bad. We're dunking on them, basically. Yeah, we're dunking on them really hard. And then we're going to talk about the things that make them good. Um, they have a poisonous, that's the word of the monster manual, not mine, because technically it's venomous, <laughs> uh, stinger on their tail, which they can use for back attacks or in spacious little areas that allow them to coil their bodies. Okay. Um, if a target is stung... And fails their save against poison, they die. Just <laughs> yeah. straight up. Yeah, they, yep. They just die. They die. Yeah, they die. Oh, okay. so <laughs> hmm. Fuck you. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. You know, we've we've talked about balancing in in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, right? And yeah. How they later went back and were like, maybe we should do this a little different. <laughs> maybe because yeah. this is a little extreme, a little different way here. Like, uh, yeah, may- yeah, maybe I just can. Yeah. Um. So, purple worms had a simple but very powerful bite attack, and I. I feel like just directly quoting this is the best way to put it. Oh, boy. Quote, and any uh, hit 20% over the required score, that is four or more over the required number, 
or a 100%, which is a dice roll of 20, score in any case indicates that the creature has engulfed its victim. Welcome to the Vor Zone. What the hell? Okay. Yeah. So a natural 20, just like you get eaten. Yeah. You have been eaten. Yeah. Yeah. I, I decided to pull that quote because, you know, Thacko and stuff. It's confusing. Yeah. Um, still, though. <laughs> an adult worm could swallow a target up to eight feet tall and six feet wide or vice versa. So if it's like an animal. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, any creature swallowed will die in six rounds and will be completely digested in 12, a.k.a. they cannot be brought back to life at this point. A target can attempt to cut their way out of the worm's stomach. Um, the AC of the stomach is a 9, and the AC of the outside is a 6, which, remember, higher is worse. Right. Right. So, obviously, it's... Really easy to hit at that point. It's easy to hit the surface of the area you're in. <laughs> you know. Turns out. Turns out. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and each round inside the worm's stomach, the damage able to be dealt is cumulatively reduced by 1, i.e., on the second round, the damage dealt suffers a negative two. On the third, it suffers a negative three, and so on. So the longer you're in there, the harder it is to get out. Okay. Because, you know, stomach acid. Right. Because right. you're, you're gradually getting weakened. You will gradually die, dissolved, and In, thus like, 36 seconds. <laughs> limiting your movement. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. And consciousness, probably. That's yeah. limiting your consciousness. Yep. I mean, I've, you're not wrong. Yeah, I've been playing Grimworld. Consciousness is a thing. It's <laughs> that's just what my brain went to. Anyway, <laughs> um, there was a variety of purple worm called a mottled worm that shares all the same characteristics with purple worms, but instead lives underwater in shallow muck. They swim now. Fuck you. <sighs> yeah, that's nice. Could you? Could you just imagine? No, just like <laughs> being on the ocean and just like a purple worm. Just no. Yeah. I, I could not, actually. <laughs> I would rather not, actually. You sure? I yes. already do not like the ocean. I don't want purple, purple worms. worms added into that. Thanks. Thanks, though. <laughs> You're welcome. So next we're going to move into Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 2nd Edition. Um, purple worms have many of the same characteristics that they have in Advanced Dungeons & Dragons 1st Edition. With a few notable changes and variants that have been oh, added. Boy. Yeah. Yay, variants. Okay, no, these are actually kind of cool. Oh. Um, they are now up to 140 to 150 feet in length. You said these were going to be cool. Yeah, don't worry about it. So, okay, so this is interesting. This That is what was said in the text, like the description. Like, adult purple worms can be up to 140 to 150 feet in length. But their stat block lists them as being... I think huge creatures at 25 feet in length. So what is the truth? <laughs> Cuz that's a big difference there. That is a big difference. Like I yeah. don't I, I don't I don't know mm. if that's meant to be very notable examples, but like the average one that you would encounter is 25 feet long, but I don't think that was how it was put. Anyway, <laughs> like if I were a DM, like my purple worm's going to be 150 feet long. I'm sorry. Like, it's going to be, like, the biggest it can fucking get. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Maybe, I guess, depending on the situation, I suppose, but... Yeah. Yeah. No, no, any situation. Bigger's better. <laughs> Just... Okay. Bigger, longer, and purple. Uh, and targets Lower. that have been swallowed now take two hours to digest instead of 12 melee rounds. So, you know, I even mean, if you die... That does make a little bit more sense. Because, Just, like, biology? Yeah, like... <laughs> Something digesting in that fast. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much unheard of. Yeah. Yeah. It seems no. a little I, I, a little out there. I wish I could digest things that fast. Um, so purple worms are solitary and only come together to mate. We'll talk about that later. And baby purple worms burrow away immediately after hatching. They're not a social. Yeah, they're not social. They don't care for their young. They're just kinda right. you know, which I mean makes sense. They're worms. you're not wrong (laughs) like you know if there is a social worm variety out there worms that care for their babies i would actually love to hear about them but they're worms they're yeah and their intelligence is low so their intelligence is sad (laughs) their intelligence is no yeah their intelligence is literally uh well it's not because it was literally like non with a hyphen but in my mind it was like the french word for no (laughs) 
None. None. No. <laughs> Uh, so the model worm variant exists unchanged, but a variant called the Thunder Herder was introduced. The Thunder Herder? Yeah. Uh, Thunder Herders were smaller than uh, other purple worms uh, at about three to five feet in diameter and five to ten feet in length, which, let me say, is a chonky boy. <laughs> like, when you consider, like, the ratio, that's a that's a somewhat short, somewhat thick boy. So big and round. Big and round. <laughs> Um, and <clears throat> yep. they traveled in herds, so these are social, of 10 to 20, or pardon me, 10 to 100 individuals shallowly under desert sands. I'm sorry, 10 to 100? Yeah. See, I said 10 to 20 because that's what I wanted it to be. <laughs> 10 to 100 is a lot. That's a l- lot of worms. That's yeah. a lot of worms. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't have the words for that, actually. Yeah, it's <laughs> kind of absurd. Yeah, kind of upsetting. Um, they fed on small desert creatures and ejected the sand. They could not digest sand. And they could not inflict damage with their bite, but they caused small earthquakes in the areas they traveled under. So imagine just a herd of a hundred of these things just no. coming through and just no. causing a massive fucking earthquake. But they can't digest sand, so. Yeah. Just throw some sand on their face, clearly. <laughs> Pocket sand. Pocket sand. You know, it's uh, coarse and rough and irritating. You would need a lot of pocket sand for that. Yeah. Well, I mean, they like they like swim through it and they eat it. They just eject it. You know what I mean? Mm. Like their bodies. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean. Yeah, their bodies don't do anything with it. Right. It just so they just kind of goes and yeah. (laughs) It's still sand when it comes out, or probably more like mud at that point, but still. Yeah. Well. uh... Yeah, leave that up to the viewers to decide. Oh, we'll talk about a little bit more about their digestion later. Oh, oh boy. Um, well, that's cool. That, that's cool. Right. That's nice. So these that was the well, okay. The those that the thunder herder was the actual variant of purple worm because the way this one was set up was like worm, like the creature category was worm. Oh, okay. And then it was like purple worm, model worm. Um, but I decided to talk about these guys alongside the purple worm because they're right there and they're kind of cool. So, you know. Fair. Um, so several types of worm were included alongside the purple worm. The giant blood worm was a mottled slimy green worm with a brown underbelly that hid underneath muck and attacked anyone who stepped on it. Oh. <laughs> Which I mean, like, I would too. I would be a little mad if you stepped on me. I won't lie. Um, it would attempt to fasten itself onto a target to drain their blood causing 1d8 points of damage until removed, which you remove it with an open doors check. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I love the incredibly hyper-specific skills. The mouth is a door. Yeah. I mean... You must open it. I mean, it's a door to something. You're not... I mean, I'm not wrong, wrong. but I'm not also not right. (sighs) But um, they were also very weak to fire damage, and they were... Apparently supposed to be 20 feet long, but for some reason, hmm. and no no diameter was given, but for some reason, I feel like something that's 20 feet long would be doing more than 1d8 points of damage if it was attached to you. Well, I But mean, it's also called giant, so I'm not really... Unless its diameter is literally that of, like, an actual, like, groundworm? Like, very, very or small. Or leech, and then Yeah, it's or just even, like, a few inches. And just it's just really long. Really long tapeworm at that mm, point. Maybe. I don't know. Ugh, but I in mean, any case, they're... didn't make it any better, but... They're called giant and supposed to be 20 feet long, but I don't know. Yeah, that that seems a little weird and maybe not completely thought through. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Again, uh, sometimes I feel like there are probably too many cooks in the kitchen. It happens. Uh, so next we have the bookworm, which was a one-inch long worm... <laughs> That inhabited libraries and could change its normally gray color to match its surroundings. <laughs> it's a <laughs> I literal bookworm. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. it so much. Someone, okay. they saw an opportunity and they took it. I love it. Okay. Um, so they could not consume living matter, but ate through all manner of material used to make books at a rate of three inches per round, which let me say is very fast. You know, yeah, you're right. That is pretty pretty damn fast, actually. Yeah. Um, they move very quickly and always try to escape combat. So they're just little wormy guys that like to eat books. 
<laughs> I like. I want to say I can't believe they made an actual bookworm, but, but you, can. you know, you you know, you believe that they did. Yeah, yeah. It's like it seems so bizarre, but then I'm just like, yeah, no, that yeah. makes sense. No, that checks out. That, yeah, that sounds thing. about right. Um, so the final type introduced alongside uh, these other ones was the rot grub, which is a half inch to two inch long maggot like worm that lived in trash. Same. Uh, if they touched exposed skin, they would burrow into the flesh and secrete a mild toxin that deadened the area. The target had to make a successful wisdom check to notice the rot grub. Um, so next I'm going to pull another quote because I feel like this is the easiest way to explain this. Oh boy. Um, quote, Fire kills two D10 grubs per application to infested flesh, but after 1D6 rounds, they are too deep to be burned. A cure disease will kill the rot grubs. If the worms are not stopped, they reach the heart in 1D3 turns, killing the victim. <laughs> These things burrow fast as hell. What? No joke. So, okay, I, I am assuming that the 1D3 comes after the initial 1D6, but that's still very fast. That is still very fast. Yeah, it's still just a really fast burrow. Like. Also, like, fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Because that's what, like, let's say that it's, like, max on each of them is, like, 96, which is, like, 54 seconds. Yeah. So, like, literally, after first touch, if you don't notice it, 54 seconds later, you're dead. Which is insane to well, think about, actually. I will say, you do get you do get a wisdom check every round. So. You just better hope that your wisdom is not. Shit. Too low, yeah. Yeah, so that or, so that's like something, but like barely, literally, like fifty four <laughs> seconds later, you're dead. Yeah, <laughs> fuck it's you. Still not great because that's just it, it. It just burrows so fast. Yeah, like there's no. Also, if something is burrowing through you that fast, you would think you would notice, right? Yeah. Like, what's the difficulty check on that wisdom? I'm not sure. Okay, I do not have that handy, but um. Because I feel like it should be fairly high, at least after a couple of rounds, because, like, pain. Yeah. Well, remember, they, they, they deaden the area. I'm assuming that... Oh, right. They would continually do that, even as they're eating through your insides. Right. I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. same. I was so focused <laughs> on just the fact that it burrows, burrows. so fast. And, and <laughs> yeah, and you I just die. I forgot about the numbingness. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, that's a little uh, upsetting. Upsetting spaghetti. Upsetting spaghetti. That's that's a that's, that's the name should, of this episode. That's what we should call purple worms. Upsetting spaghetti. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yes. <laughs> You're kind of right. Yeah. Uh, they don't make me upset. So next, we're gonna go to third edition. Yay! <laughs> I don't know why I said that so excitedly. No, but you, 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 I you wasn't, did. I wasn't quite sure if we were supposed to be excited with you or not. I, you know, so I don't, there was a bit of hesitation, but... I don't know. But, but I'm excited. We're here now. So purple worms in third edition are classified as gargantuan magical beasts. Uh, adults are five feet in diameter and 80 feet long. So they were shrunk a little bit. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> or maybe expanded because they used to be... Maybe 25 feet long, but maybe 150 feet long. Who knows? Anywhere between that ridiculous range, you know. Right. That's yeah. not a crazy difference. Um, they remain always neutral in alignment and now have an intelligence of one. <laughs> so they're moving up in the world. Damn. <laughs> Jesus, these things are getting just absolutely fucking destroyed. That's an but, improvement is the worst but, part. Yeah, I was gonna say, but their intelligence did increase. Technically, yeah. <laughs> technically you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, so um, references made to their gizzards, which produce their stomach acid and sometimes hold acid resistance, resistant things consumed by the worms, such as gems and ores. So it's a, it's a gizzard specifically, which in real gizzard. animals is like a specific section of the stomach right so they they got gizzards worms have gizzards this just in um so in combat their usual posture is to coil into a 20 foot diameter shape so you know it's more up yeah 
I'm making gestures with my hands that you guys can't see. <laughs> um, that allows both the use of their stinging tail and bite attack. Um, their poison, venom, now <laughs> does strength damage on a failed fortitude save, which is 1d6 initially and 2d6 on the second round. So, not not as broken as if you fail your, your save against poison, you die. But strength damage is still scary to me. Strength damage is scary. Oh, because yeah, one like... time Travis did strength damage in a fight with my character who has seven points of strength, and I was like, oh god, I'm gonna die to a bunch of stupid bees. Bees. All not the, the bees! <laughs> not the bees! And out of all the times I could have not done strength damage, I decided to do it that time. I'm still yep. not mad. It's a. It's, I'm still mad. I'm a little mad. I'm mostly over it, though. So to swallow a target, it's now harder. Um, a purple worm must hit. <laughs> I'm sorry. I tried. Taylor made a face. I was just gonna. I was being serious over here. It, it's just bad. It's just bad. Bad. So a purple worm must hit a bite attack. Succeed on a grapple check to get a hold of the target in its jaws, and then succeed on a subsequent grapple check to swallow the target. You know, at least it's more difficult. Like, at I, least it isn't just like what, like a fourth of the time. Or yeah, whatever just it was. eats you automatically. Just swallows you automatically. Yeah. yeah, at least they have to actually work for it. Pretty much. <laughs> make them work for it. Yep. Make make them work to swallow you. Um, so once inside the worm, the target takes 2d8 plus 12 crushing and 8 acid damage. So a lot of damage. Um, they can cut their way out by inflicting 25 slashing or piercing damage to the gizzard, which has an AC of 17. So like, that's pr- like, okay, that's pretty high. But remember, third edition does have really inflated numbers. True, and these right. are also like... High level encounters, right? Like, so you probably wouldn't be, you probably wouldn't have too much trouble hitting an AC of seventeen, and also and like, you're literally inside something's stomach. I would probably have a hard time doing combat <laughs> inside something's stomach. Probably Just start blasting fireballs everywhere because I would be freaking out. <laughs> um, Not mine, man. <laughs> fireball. <sighs> so, uh, however, after the target cuts their way out of the gizzard. The muscles of the worm close the hole, which means that another target must cut their own way out. So you can't make a hole in the side of the worm and just, like... Everyone pile out. It has a weird sort of regeneration thing. Yeah. Hmm. We'll, we'll talk about that later. That is kind of cool. I, I, do, I don't like it when you say something upsetting and then say, we'll talk about that later. Yeah. Um, so we're going to finish off third edition with another quote. Um... I feel kind of bad for pulling so many direct quotes, but no, there's only I mean, so many ways you can rephrase some of these things. Yeah. And also for earlier edition stuff, it's just, sometimes I honestly don't know how to parse it. Well, I know how to parse third edition, but you know, like first and second, whatever. So, quote, a gargantuan worm's interior, yes, the word interior was mm-hmm. used, can hold two large, eight medium, 32 small, 128 tiny, 512 diminutive or smaller opponents. <laughs> Wow. That's a lot. That um that, that is a lot. That Jesus, okay. That's a lot of stomach real estate. I mean, I know they're big. Like I know that they're big. That just I know it puts it in a different perspective. Yeah, it really I, does. It also, I want to know I want to know what kind of combination you could have of these. Uh, there's a lot of math involved in that. Like like is that Two large, eight medium, thirty-two small, hundred twenty-eight tiny, five hundred twelve, and and five hundred twelve diminutive, or is it like one large and four medium, or is it four medium and sixteen small? I don't know. I want to know. <laughs> I want to know exactly how many adventures we can fit in this bad boy. Yep. Slams hand on top of purple worm. <laughs> <sighs> I'm so hip with the kids. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Same. So, I mentioned that ecology article. Yes. Um, I decided that since it's the most exciting part of the episode, because it is, we're going to be talking about that last. So, we're going to go to 4th edition and 5th edition, get some more kind of boring stuff out of the way before (laughs) we talk about the juicy details in the ecology article. Okay. But, before we do any of that, we're going to take a quick break. You're just going to make this, like, go on forever, aren't you? Just like a purple worm. Oh. Hmm. Hey, everybody. Thank you for 
checking out our Purple Worms episode. Yeah, it's been uh, pretty interesting so far. Yeah, I'm surprised by how much information there is about these guys. Right? Uh, Some iconic D&D monsters. Um, Getting back to our roots. Getting back to our roots. And we have an opportunity for you guys to obtain some iconic dice and dice-related accessories. We have an affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games. That's metallicdicegames.com. And you can use our offer code Dungeonpedia for 10% off your entire order. Um, They have dice, dice dice towers, uh, dice trays, different kinds of dice, and also some really beautiful exclusive dice sets. Yes, we love the exclusive dice sets. We love them so much that we want to share them. With you, for free, for you. For one of you. We are doing (laughs) a giveaway for a set of uh, Metallic Dice Games exclusive dice. As well as a surprise. What is the surprise? You'll have to enter to find out. It's a surprise. You'll have to enter to find out. But, I mean, everything comes from Metallic Dice Games. Yes, it is all Metallic (laughs) Dice Games. It's not like a a penny. (laughs) Um, So you can uh, go to our Twitter and we will have a pinned tweet with all of the information about the giveaway and how to enter. As well as the set of dice that we are yes, going as to well be giving as away. Pictures of the dice. We don't have pictures of the, the surprise, though, because it is a surprise. And that would ruin the surprise. There's a yes. beautiful question mark picture that Travis found, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We do have a picture of that. Thank you, Google. So <laughs> our, the giveaway is going to be running until... Uh, it is August. September 1st. Time isn't real. At, she practiced um, this, guys. I literally, we had this conversation before. And still you said August. Hey, listen, time isn't real. So the giveaway is going to end on September 1st at noon U.S. Central Time. Yes. Yes. Which is like UCT. Do your math. UCT minus five. I don't know. U.S. Central Time. Yeah, it's just U.S. Central Time. Just Google it. Yeah, I mean, to. almost anything is going to have a converter for you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a dumb American. And I cannot convert every time right now. We're dumb Americans. Of course, if you want to support us directly, we still have our, du- our dungeon. Our dungeon. We still have our dungeon. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Of course, if you want to support us directly, we still have our Patreon at Dungeonpedia. I mean, that's how you find it. It's, yeah. We, we said it the first week. We had uh, this go up. We were still saying it now. We got lucky and we were able to reserve Dungeonpedia for everything. Yes. Thank goodness. Uh, Thank goodness. Yeah. But, yep, go there if you want to support us directly. That would be appreciated. Very much so. We are still working on getting everything in order and edited with our actual play podcast, Projectile Dysfunction. It's hard. You all understand the uh, current way of things. And things are getting worse in our home state, so... Yes, um, <laughs> things are fluctuating up and down and now kind of down, s- just staying down. So we're working on it, but if you want any other information, you can check it out at our Twitter for that, which is just ProjectileCast. I mean, we just have a backlog of episodes if you want to listen yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. If you haven't listened to it and you want something new to listen to, I want to say we have 10-ish episodes up. Uh, that sounds yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Um, 10 full weeks of episodes. And uh, they're, they're, good. they're not exactly short listens, so you're going to have at least... You have, you have content. Uh, we have 19 episodes. Oh. Yeah, it was out. like 10 sounds low. Um. I believe each episode is bare minimum about two hours. So there you go for yeah. some content. Yeah. The good, good content. If you want any more information about this podcast, however, and also to enter the giveaway, you can follow us on our Twitter and our Instagram at Dungeonpedia. On our Twitter is the post about the giveaway. It's pinned to the top, so you should have no trouble finding it. And, of course, if you want to talk to us or... Tell us something or request an episode. Uh, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget that wherever you're listening to us, you can subscribe and get notifications for our new episodes. If that platform you're listening to us on has the ability, we would really appreciate it if you would rate us and leave a review just to help us kind of jump up those ranks there. And as always, just tell your friends. Tell your friends who like worms. I, I mean... You're a fan of D&D. You probably have a friend who likes worms. Yeah, I mean, we're all weird in different ways. That's just kind of how it goes. But yes, spread the word to your friends, family, whoever might be interested. And, uh, you know, just 
give us that little boost as well. And again, if you just want to use this episode to torture your friends, we totally get it. We we do get that too, yes. Um, You know what else we get? What? How much we love uh, Alexander Nakarada for our theme song, Blacksmith. That is true. That is very true. We do understand that. Yes. So much. But enough of that. Let's get back to the uh, purple worms and see what other interesting things you have. Yeah, we just got it. We just got to get through 4th edition first. Yeah, I can't lie. I'm a little scared, but let's go find out. It's not too bad. Okay, so we're going to breeze through 4th edition, I okay. promise. Okay. Um, uh, okay, you know, I will say, to their credit, oh 4th edition didn't do anything crazy with their alignment. They are unaligned. And, you know, spoiler alert, that actually doesn't change, ever. Their alignment has always been neutral across the board. Because I'm okay with that. I, no, I am too, because literally nothing else makes sense. Now, granted, that has not stopped fourth edition before from fucking around with alignments. Well, yeah, yeah. but it li- like what else would it be? It l- literally nothing else fits. Yeah, like anyway. So, uh, <laughs> I know I'm selling this. Fourth edition's kind of boring uh, in this instance. Um, so, mention is made that purple worms can eat anything. Which contrasts their previous need to eject things like gems. Right. Um, and also that they are blind, relying on blind sight and tremor sense, which is 10 and 20 respectively. I don't know if that's 10 feet and 20 feet, because I know 4th edition does something weird with, like, squares. Yeah. yeah that, might be, um, that might be 10 and 20 squares respectively, which would be 50 and 100 feet, which sounds closer to that me. That sounds about right. Yeah. But, like, whatever. It's fine. Um, it's just fourth edition. It, yeah, it's not like their um, blind sight and tremor sense matter in a combat simulator. Oh wait. <laughs> anyway, not at all. Um, so swallowed targets now take ten points of damage and ten points of acid damage at the start of the worm's turns and can escape as a move action if the purple worm dies. Um, there was no real way described to get out any other way. So I guess you're just SOL. You until just, your buddies kill it. So, you know, Sweet. now they just took away the whole don't cut yourself out. The whole the whole thing, yeah. yeah. Um, but I guess at least, like, you're at a little bit less risk of actually dying in there, because it does... I mean, 20 points of damage is a lot of damage, but at least it isn't, like... Absurd levels. And then you'll be digested in two hours, like... So, like, it, it's certainly livable. Yeah. Just I don't know. Hope that your buddies can kill it before you drop below zero. I guess. Um, so they are unaligned and have an intelligence of two. <laughs> <laughs> They're get hey, you know They're what? Getting smarter. They've gotten a little smarter. <laughs> getting I, I'm smarter. getting nervous now. <laughs> Right? Next thing you know, they're going to be on, like, the level of the Tarask with his, like, what, three I think he has? <laughs> so, you know, they've matched the bigger guy now. Yeah. They, these do remind me very much of the Tarask, just that unaligned... Unaligned stupid. Unaligned hunger, you know? <laughs> All they do is eat. Just unaligned stupid. Unaligned stupid. That's my alignment. <laughs> I like it. Um... <laughs> Uh, While they are still solitary hunters, they are sometimes drawn to the vibrations caused by battling, uh, leading to them surprising the combatants by blasting out of the wall or up from the ground. Can you imagine? (laughs) You're just like... no. And I use this example because they're noted to specifically be a common problem in the Underdark. But imagine you're like in the Underdark fighting like some Lolth cultists or something like that. Right. And a purple worm just shoots out of the wall. Because it came to, because of the vibrations. Um, yep, I would probably <laughs> run. That would be one of those. I would probably just die. That or would be that. Yeah, that would be one of those instances where it's like, okay, I know we were just fighting a second ago, but we like have to team up now to take this thing down because this is now a bigger problem. Yeah, this is like, and then you like, yeah. you you kind of like bond a little bit, and then the villains come over to the good side, but they're like really awkward. Are you just rewriting Avatar: The Last Airbender? Maybe. You know, I didn't think we would actually have an Avatar reference in this episode, and somehow we still managed to do it. I'm proud of us. While we're here, obligatory the Adventure Zone reference because Purple Worm. Anyway. That too, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm well. gonna I'm gonna like ask Griffin if I can put the Purple Worm song underneath this episode, because that's an underrated song on that soundtrack. Go listen to the Adventure Zone. Anyway. <laughs> also note that this is the first explicit mention of purple worms being blind. Yeah. It was never it it was stated previously 
that they felt vibrations, but it was never specifically stated that they were blind. Remember that. Okay. Okay, yeah. So this is the first mention of them being blind, therefore having tremor sense and blind sense. They do have blind sense. Okay. Which is like, if I remember correctly, if I'm describing it correctly, blind sense is like... um, Like like a... Feeling like air currents and shit. Um... If I remember correctly. Um, I cannot recall. Or just kind of like having a, like a, like a sense of, of, of a certain area surrounding you. Um, using non-visual senses such as acute smell or hearing, a creature with blind sense notices things it cannot see. So it's like a, a Matthew Murdoch, you know? Toph Bayfong. Well, t- no, Toph Bayfong oh, is a yeah, tremor sense. sense. Like, I was like, <laughs> no, no. No, she straight has tremor sense. Yeah. yeah. Just like her fucking daughter. You know, so it's kind of, they have a further range of tremor sense than blind sense, but they do have both. Okay. Um, So fifth edition, we're in fifth edition. Hello. Hello. Um, I don't know why I sounded so much more excited about third edition than fifth edition. Yeah, I don't either. That's, it's whatever. They're both exciting. So fifth edition gives a little back and a little bit more to the worms. Oh, good. That fourth edition kind of left out. Um, They have their tail stingers back. Because 4th edition made no mention of them. Though targets simply take poison damage. It's nothing crazy. No strength strength damage. (laughs) No instant dying. It's just poison damage. Um, So, God, I can barely read this sentence that I wrote seriously. Some mechanics of their swallowing have been changed. God, I don't know why that's so funny to me. Uh, Targets now make a dexterity save as opposed to the worm having to make a check. Okay. Because prior it had always been like a grapple check, you know? Yeah. Um, And each time, uh, sorry, targets make a dexterity save each time they are bitten to avoid being swallowed. Um, Targets who have been swallowed are blinded and restrained. And if a worm receives 30 damage in one turn from something within it, it must succeed on a DC 21 constitution save or regurgitate everything in its stomach. Huh. So it's a lot more. Which, let me say... It's very hard to do 30 points of damage when you're blinded and restrained. Yes. Yes. Which yes, seems like an oversight or I I don't think it's an oversight. Maybe intentional? Yeah. Like how can you do that much damage when you're restrained? I guess it would be like verbal component spells only. Yeah. Right? That's all I can think of. But I'm just a hmm. barbarian, so <laughs> if I was blinded and restrained, I'd be fucked. So, um like you, Lewin, or you, Dahlia? Uh, Dahlia. I would just be, I would already be dead <laughs> if I were in that position. Um, and also note that it's, it th- you make it throw you up instead of cut your way out. Yeah. I don't know why I'm so interested in these, or why I'm, I'm making a note like it's so interesting about, oh, this time it throws you up instead of you cutting your way out of it. I don't know why I'm making a note like that's super interesting. I mean, um, it- Kind of is, but it's mostly just disgusting. Yeah. So being restrained doesn't actually limit you from making an attack at all. Oh, okay, good. It, okay. Oh, just yeah, gives you it's different than Pathfinder, isn't it? Yeah, it just gives you disadvantage on attack rolls. Okay, well, that still makes it hard to do 30 points of damage. But um, better. But better, yeah. So purple worms have a 30-foot range of blind sense and a 60-foot range of tremor sense and remained unaligned. Okay. That's so. also good because they're worms that... Just don't. eat. Yeah. They're they're just They don't have any agenda. Mm-hmm. They just are chill. hungry. <laughs> they're just vibing. <laughs> oh. So because they are a common problem in the underdark, the Drow Duargar. I don't know how that's pronounced. Uh it looks like it, my my brain Draugr. rearranges it to Draugr. Like Draugr. From, from Skyrim. It might be. D-U-E-R-G-A-R. Anyway, those guys. Um, and the Illithid... Doriger? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, and the Illithid uh, civilizations all have special wards around their settlements to ward off purple worms. Because, you know... They, they, they're bad for, they, you know, for, the you economy. Know. <laughs> the yeah. economy. They're just a little bad. Yeah. Um, it would be hard to have a city... And just like, <laughs> like a purple worm, just like Ch- chilling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they can also be found topside in rocky, mountainous areas. Okay, which makes sense. Um, they uh, this is an interesting, interesting to me detail. Um, they move by contracting and expanding their segmented bodies, like real worms. 
That is pretty cool. Which I mean, like, I guess it's like, that's like, duh, that's how they would have to. But I guess it's like... Oh, they paid attention to like how real worms work and that's really neat. Yeah, instead of like snakes, I guess, because that's like a different... Anyway, <laughs> I just thought that was interesting. Um, so they have a burrow speed of 30 feet and can burrow through solid rock at half that, leaving a 10-foot diameter tunnel in their wake. Um, they are described as breaking down and constantly excreting rock and earth, which to me sounds like they digest it. Yeah. Because of, like so the specific phrasing of breaking down. Yeah, breaking down does read the context of different digestion. To yeah. Me. yeah, then let's like they just throw it up. Um, so additionally, the tunnels created by purple worms are usually used by people in the underdark because they, they sort of end up creating this interconnected series of them. And right. also, uh, the worms rarely return to their old tunnels, which means they're actually usually pretty safe from purple worms. Oh, well, that's good. So, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, we're going to take a trip to Dragon Magazine. Yes. In the ecology of the purple worm. Yeah. So, this uh, article was released in 2001 in Dragon Article 282. <laughs> Sorry, I had that written in, like, my bibliography section, but not in the actual body of text. Ah. So, um, note that, like, I decided to talk about this last because it's, I think, the most exciting part. But this was released in 2001. Thus, some of the information contrasts with changes that were made in 4th and 5th edition. Okay. Um, Makes sense. I mean, so how time uh, works. Yeah, that's how time works. <laughs> So this article was written by Jonathan M. Richards and illustrated by Dennis Kramer. And I make a note of who it was illustrated by because the illustrations in this article are fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, man. I'll have to go look at that later. Yeah, go 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 look at it. And also, like, this is another one of those ecology articles. Well, I think they're actually maybe all like this, but it's written like a story. Not all of them. Not all of out. them? Okay. But yeah, not all of them. But the best ones always are. Yeah, this one is written like a story of the... Um, uh, is it Monster Hunter Guild? Uh, yes. Drelix and Co. Um, it's written as a story about them, and then the actual information is in like the you know the hard information is in the margins. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's really good. Go read it. Then the I illustrations love it are fucking so awesome. Much. Um, so this article gives a sample size for colossal purple worms. Oh boy. Uh, which are 10 feet in diameter and 150 feet long. And this was in third edition, so they're supposed to be like 80 feet long. Uh, with 33 to 45 hit dice. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> massive, massive creatures. Yeah. Um, so purple worms are made out of five distinct layers. The outermost layer is the mucus covered skin. The next is a series of rings of muscle, which make up each individual segment. Okay. The next is a series of long muscles that connect each segment. The next is a hollow space called the coelom that is filled with fluid that buffers the innermost layer, which is their digestive tract and also where their brain is located. Um, so the coelom allows the worm to be constantly digesting food regardless of what the outermost layers of muscle are doing. So basically they're their digestive tract is always working because it has that fluid buffer. Mm -hmm. So it can like be burrowing around at very rapid speeds and not disturb its digestive tract. Huh. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So just like onions, worms have layers. <laughs> <laughs> worms have layers. You heard it here first, folks. Um, the digestive tract is described as simple, but able to extract all the nutrients. The word, the word, the word, a word, a word. A word. Uh, needs from dirt and stone. Therefore, despite being very opportunistic and eager hunters, they don't go out of their way to eat living creatures because they technically don't need to. Okay. Why they do is a mystery, but they do. I mean, anything that's in the way. Maybe they I, just like the taste. I, I guess. Um, so their outermost layer is covered in hairy bristles called set, setae, setae uh, which help to grip and pull them along as they expand and contract their bodies. So they're hairy. And uh, mucusy. Ew. Well, aren't they, isn't that just lovely? Not painting a pretty picture on that one. Oh, it's only going to get worse. Oh, okay. Um, so they breathe through the pores of their skin. Okay. And this requires that their skin remains wet with mucus, kind of like aboleths, uh, which is why you rarely find them above the surface, aka in the sun, which would dry them out. Um, and they can extract oxygen equally well from air and water so they can swim. Fuck you. 
So that's a that's an explanation for why they live underground is because it's like Water. damp and so strange and, and dank. Um, so dank. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <clears throat> this uh, adds an opportunity uh, for you to escape from their stomach in a slightly different way than cutting your way out. So targets may attempt to escape from the stomach by making two successful grapple checks to climb up to and then out of the mouth of the worm. Which I gotta say feels more dangerous than just trying to get out the side. But also, like, more epic. I mean, I don't know. Cutting your way out of the side is pretty epic, too. Yeah, but how many people just crawl their way out of a worm? Not many, because the worm has a plus 32 to grapple, so it rarely succeeds. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Well, that'll do her. That'll do her. And also, their, um, their, like, weird musculature is why... The hole is immediately closed up because they have like two layers of muscle. That's oh, all. Okay. That's why. Yeah. And the muscle just kind of close yep. closes back layers up layers and yeah yeah. Um. So according to this article, attempting to carve your way out of the gizzard can only be done with natural claws or a light piercing slash slash slashing weapon. <laughs> hmm. Uh. The previous description from the monster manual is considered errata as a result. So this kind of changed that. Okay. Because, I mean, and that makes sense to me, that it would be, like, harder. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and you can only carve your way out with something that's sharp. That makes sense yeah. to me. Yeah, you can't, like, hammer your way out of it. And it was not yet introduced that just doing enough damage would make it throw you up. Yeah. So... Um, creature swallowed are considered grappled, uh, therefore you cannot use somatic components for spell casting, and any material components must have already been in hand. Oh. Uh, and casting any spell requires a concentration check with a DC of 20, plus the spell level, plus the damage dealt to the caster by the purple worm on the turn of the casting of the spell. So fuck you. <laughs> so in casters essence. are screwed. Yeah. In, in, in essence, Basically. screw you. What is humorously, it states, quote, teleport has only a verbal component. <laughs> So they're like, your best bet's to just teleport your way out you of there. You just butt. teleport out. That, I mean, that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Now the question is, do you teleport back out to the fight, or do you teleport back to fucking town? I teleport back to town, because teleport has a bigger range. <laughs> the teleport has a big enough range that I can do that. I'm like, sorry, guys. I got eaten. I'm done for the day. Oh, God, what if you did that, and then they, like, killed the worm? And, and tried to find you. And you weren't, like, in its guts, and they thought you'd already been dissolved. Oh, oh no. They and then you get back, they get back into town, and you're like, hey, guys. <laughs> oh, I feel like I can still uh, one hear of them her voice. <laughs> would draw a weapon. Yeah. Mm, probably. I would be pretty pissed. Would be my guess, anyway. Oh. So, um, this incarnation of the purple worm actually has eyes. Oh. So uh, it's not it's not blind. Uh, there are four of them, all f- like directly forward facing and placed equidistant around the head. So very predator setup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they are lidless, but protected from rock and dirt by like these surrounding bony plates. So this incarnation of the purple worm has that less like flat lamprey looking mouth, yeah, and more like a jagged. Ew. You know, kind of. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. I mean, objectively, I think the lamprey mouth is grosser, but because lampreys are gross. But, um, you know, so it's kind of more of a series of jagged points around its yeah. mouth. Um, their eyes stay open at all times due to the lack of lids, but their vision is so poor, they are unlikely to even be awoken by visual stimuli. <laughs> so they Noted. can see, but not very good. Hmm. So it's, I- it's okay. definitely not their main... Their main source of, uh... Of, of like, sensory input. Yeah. Speaking of, of sensory inputs, uh, purple worms have a keen tremor sense, but are actually deaf. <sighs> so... Huh. They can't, like... Hear? Yeah, like, vibrations that travel through the air, they can't hear. But they have a very keen tremor sense. Which, I mean, like, sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'm, I'm with it. I, yeah, I mean, I really don't see why not... At that point, sure. Yeah. Um, Purple worms have a prominent jaw spike at the bottom of their mouth area um, that they first use to break out of their egg. 
Uh, it is not useful as a weapon because it's not very sharp, but is instead blunt and very strong and useful in burrowing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I thought that we were going to get into this weird, like, the worm just raises up and, like, chin bashes you with the spike. Oh, my God. I mean, it kind of could. <laughs> it could. It like, just... it could just, like, fall on you. And kill you instantaneously. Yeah. Like, it doesn't even need to, like, eat you. I used to think that about, like, Onyx in Pokemon. Like, the first time I saw an Onyx, I was like, this has got to be the strongest thing ever. Because it could just, like, fall on any other Pokemon and just kill it. But Onyx is actually kind of bad. So, like, a purple worm could just kind of fall on you and you'd, you'd be SOL. Yeah, I mean, it is big enough to just, you know, pin you down. Oh, and... man. They never gave uh, Ooh, purple worms a... Like, grind you against the ground as it... Yeah. It's just like a bug. Ugh. Ugh. Just like a worm. Hmm. 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 Interesting. So they like to feast on shrieker fungus, which we talked about. When did we talk about that? Uh, shambling mounds. Yeah. Because they, yeah. shambling mounds like to eat the shriekers. shriekers. Well, so do purple worms. Oh. Um, though they cannot detect them by sound, uh, they instead like the smell. And purple worms actually have a decent sense of smell. Hmm. They like uh, the smell. Yeah. So they often find their way back to their layers from the smell of their own mucus. That's <laughs> gross. <laughs> Okay, yeah, that's a little nasty. It's fine. Um, so when injured, purple worms emit a scent that tells other purple worms to stay away, which lingers for weeks, kind of like um, ants. Ants do that, right? I'm pretty sure ants do that. I'm not sure on that one. That I, sounds right. I don't know ants. <laughs> that sounds right. Um, so some societies in the Underdark harvest the gland that produces this scent from immature purple worms and use it to keep... Uh, purple worms oh, away from their settlements. Oh, nice. So this would be, th th it wasn't stated that this was how it is in 4th and 5th edition, but I would imagine that this is the measure that like the drow and the illicit and stuff used to keep purple worms away from their settlements. Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, yeah, it sounds like it would work just fine, honestly. Because that makes sense to me. Yeah. Just my, my favorite thing is to take things from earlier editions that maybe had something more interesting that doesn't directly contradict later editions and just like yeah same slot i actually that love right doing that there. yeah that's what i love about these articles is cuz so many of them came out in like that third edition kind of time period yeah but you know if they have information that doesn't directly contradict later editions then like i feel like you should be able to use it i agree yeah so modeled worms that we talked about earlier in advanced dungeons and dragons do not actually truly exist uh, instead, they are simply purple worms that live in the water. Okay. Um, <laughs> they take on a mottled appearance because the water washes away sections of their mucus coating. So they're essentially just purple worms that live in the ocean. Well, I say ocean, water. Um, hmm. A particular note is that they can live very far out to sea in environments such as coral reefs or deep trenches, which I find very compelling. Uh, yes. Try horrifying. It, right, you're just, like, trenches are scary enough. Yeah. And, like, you can already have the chance of running into any of the other weird, bizarre, huge underwater creatures. Why add that? Why not? <sighs> um. So, as with uh, regular earthworms, purple worms can regenerate lost segments. <laughs> I mean... Okay. Yep, provided that the severance happens in either the first five segments or the last 12. It didn't actually state how many per segments they particularly have. I would imagine it it might... Similar to worms? Yeah, and it maybe it depends on their age, too. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. But hmm. anyway, the the very first or the very the very first five or the very last 12. Okay. Um, They still attack with whatever end they have left and will regenerate <laughs> their lost segment in about a week. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yep. So losing their head does not impact their digestive tract as a whole or their brain because their brain is worms. Well, it, it's <laughs> okay. That, their brain that, is worms. That was stupider mm. than I intended it to be. But, but also, like, I like it though. Uh, th their brain is worms. Their, their brain, brain is worms. worms. Um, their brain is actually a nerve that runs down the whole length of their body. Which I think real worms are like that, too. Yeah, that, that, that's what I was trying to imply, that they operate like worms, but I just said they are, they're... 
Because they are worms. Yeah, I I just said their brain is worms. I will have to say, I didn't know that about actual worms. I think that's how it works. I'm pretty sure that's how it works, So when they regenerate segments, do they regenerate brain? Yes. I I think so, but it's like... Hmm. They didn't lose that much of it, so it's fine, I think. Interesting. I don't know. So, you know, and their digestive tract spans the entire length of their body... So losing their head does not affect that so much. But a headless worm obviously cannot eat or burrow. So it won't die, but it typically curls up into a defensive posture simply to await regeneration. Because it can't go anywhere. Because it can't burrow. Right. It's just kind of there until... Until its head grows back. Or it dies. Yeah, yeah, or it dies. So um, I've I've saved the best part of this article for last. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Uh, Purple worms are all hermaphroditic uh, and possess both male and female sex organs. Okay. So. That's not bad. Oh, just wait. So Uh. I, I, I said earlier that I do feel bad about pulling so many direct quotes, but I feel like this next segment was just written in such a way that. Requires it. If I, if I tried to paraphrase it, we would lose something. So. Quote, the male organs are several segments in front of the female organs toward the front of the worm's body. This arrangement allows any two purple worms to breed. They line up their bodies in opposite directions and fertilize each other's internal eggs. During the mating process, the worms produce a great amount of the slimy mucus their bodies normally exude. This thick coating actually adheres the worms to each other while they mate. The entire process often takes several hours. Afterward, each crawls away to its own lair, where it secretes its eggs wrapped in a mucus cocoon. Purple worms mate only once per year. End uh, quote. <laughs> I, okay. Yeah. No, it got worse. Yeah, you know we had to talk about how they fuck. <sighs> I, but there's just so okay. many choice words. Yeah. They're Fertilize. Already. Mucus. So, so Adheres. Many. Secretes. Stop it. <laughs> nope, you're grounded. Organs. You're a bad person. I'm so like I just there's so many there were just so many choice words that to paraphrase it, I felt like we would lose something. So I just had to read that whole segment. I mean, unfortunately, I am inclined to agree with you. <laughs> that doesn't mean I shouldn't I should have done it though, eh? Still not a fan. So if you ever wanted to know how purple worms mate, there you go. I mean, I didn't, but now you do. do. And I'm sure most of our listeners didn't, but now you do. And I'm sure you feel better for it. Hey, knowledge for knowledge's sake. That's the um, that's the dogma of Sardior. And remember, we're all in the cult of Sardior now. So that means we have to talk about purple worm sex. Oh, yeah. Right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Is it too late to withdraw? Yes. Yes. Okay. You already, you already paid too much money. You sunk too too much money into this. (laughs) So that's purple worms. (laughs) I mean, that's something. That is something. Yeah. I'm glad you saved that for the end. That's a good good way to end that all on purple worm sex. Instead of 69, it's just like 11. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Or it's like two parentheses. (laughs) It's like like two uh, parentheses. Oh, my God. I'm doing a hand gesture. She's doing a lot of hand gestures. If she were, if you were in public high school, you'd be I, suspended. <laughs> they wouldn't even know what I'm trying to do, but they would be like, "You shouldn't be doing that anyway." It's like that's a gang sign. <laughs> that yeah, purple worm, purple worm gang. <laughs> so that's purple worms. Right. Well, I don't think we're going to get any better than that. Yeah, you would say it was quite a climax. <laughs> get out of my house. Okay, bye, guys. Taylor and Travis are going to do the outro by themselves. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank and I'm you sorry for sticking it out. And uh, don't worry, we all face palm too. I didn't. Except I'm having a great time. Yeah. Don't forget to follow us on our various social media platforms if you want to. After this, <laughs> come find I us understand. on. Come find us on Pornhub. We're going to post a purple worm sex day. No, we're not. No, we don't have a Pornhub account. Uh, um, if you want to send in a request or specifically send in a request for Lewin to stop, <laughs> uh, feel free to email us, uh, your topics and your angry emails at dungeonpedia.podcast at gmail.com. 
If you wish to torture any of your friends with this information, please share it with them. <laughs> I'm sure they all would love to know about this lovely, lovely uh, worm sex information. <laughs> if we if we had to hear it, so do your friends. Yeah, and if you had to hear it, so, so do, do your, your friends. friends. Just follow that and everyone will be happy. Hey, you know, they say a, a burden shared is a burden halved, and joy shared is joy doubled. So if you got joy out of this, then... Maybe your friends will, too. And then, of course, you'll get joy from torturing them if they don't like it. So, mm-hmm. so see, it's a win-win for you and for us. <laughs> so thank you once again for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next week with something that's hopefully a little less gross on Dungeonpedia. Probably not, though. It is us. Yeah. Well, no, it'll be a little less gross. I mean, I didn't think it was that bad. It, it wasn't until the... I mean, that's... 11 part. <laughs> I don't think it's an 11. I think it's a parenthetical. You're all just... None of you are free of sin.